0: Cool. I never know how to start this time. Yeah, I had that problem too. I'm not even sure what it was. Six, one, seven, one, eight, four, eight, four. You guys make me feel like it's six, one. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, and uh welcome to Sounds Like NYC episode 17. It's not 17, it's 18. If not, then, sorry. You can always just go back and cut that. Exactly. I'll well, just fucking, yeah. yeah. And just record it yeah, in a totally like a different room, room and like, like to it outside, go a bird's chirping as you say. And I'm here with John.
1: Yes. Uh, Tim, a will about yourself. What do you do? Um, well, right now, I am, uh, I'm wearing a lot of hats. I'm a drummer. I do some, some writing. I need. And I write I do a lot of different stuff. So I also teaching. Not actually not that far away from here. Oh, yeah. A, yeah. There's a teaching studio on Forty Fourth or on Twenty Twenty Third Street. Yeah, yeah. That I started teaching at. So yeah, I kind of do a lot.
0: It's good. So what, do you,
1: what do you teach? I'm a drummer. Okay. So, so yeah, that's yeah. I don't. Um, you know, do I like history or something. Yeah, and like the, you know. To, like, kind of make ends meet. I do some temp work here. Okay. There, so.
0: so, like... Uh,
1: yeah, like office temp stuff. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm data entering mm-hmm. for Fitch Ratings right now. So, okay. that might change. Pretty it's going to
0: sound a little funny, but 20 years I've heard temp. I don't know what it means.
1: Oh, it just means that when they need somebody to fill in a role for a while, okay. I just go and fill it in. So, like, okay. if somebody goes on vacation, my first temp job was to fill in for somebody who went on vacation in a mail room. Yeah. Like that's, that's all it is. I just fill in for people. Okay.
0: But it's, it's boring but it, it, get, it gets money.
1: Man, it is like, I wish I knew about it when I first moved. Yeah. Because I would have saved myself a lot of time and gotten a lot more money just because it, it pays pretty well mm-hmm. and I can take or leave whatever gig. Like if this If this data entry thing doesn't work out, I can just call my temp agent and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Can you get me something else? And they'll get you something else. So, Hmm. you know, if something great happens... Or if it's just like freelancing. Yeah. Yeah, Well, yeah, but I don't have to pay any tax stuff on it yet. It's it's pretty great. Yeah. I'm really... I am
0: taxed heavily Mm -hmm. because I'm an independent contractor because I work in real estate. Yeah. It's Yeah.
1: I've done that before. Um I hope, like, it it would be nice to do that again, to be making enough money to do that again, mm-hmm. but I do not actually want to do it again.
0: So this has been a fun conversation about what artists <laughs> have to do <laughs> to make ends meet in New York City, mm-hmm. but uh, let's talk about something more fun. Uh, what, do, what do you have coming up? What, what's what's going on with you? Anything exciting?
1: Yeah, uh, this, last year I worked on a lot of different uh, projects, Okay. and this year they're all coming out, so... The, the big one that's going to be coming out personally for me is my record. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it's my second record. I recorded one while I lived in Seattle. That's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that was like six years ago. Mm-hmm. So I've been through a lot of different stuff. It's, it's all new material. So it's all brand new stuff with my working trio, which is uh, me... Steve Denny on keys, and Aaron Caceres on bass. Okay. Uh, they're both my really good friends, yeah, and i yeah. play with them for, that band's been together for, like, three years now, uh, which is a rare thing in, in jazz music, but, so that awesome. record's coming out yeah. in October, and it might even have a little, like, eight or nine day tour attached to it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to put in, the, like, the the preparatory work for that. yeah, yeah. I don't have a set date yet but it's definitely going to be in October uh, that album's called Cityscapes mm-hmm. and then the other band that I lead Lin Connection is coming out with an EP at the end of the year too mm-hmm. uh, it's our first EP uh, it's a band that my wife and I lead we write the songs book the gigs get the, yeah. get the players and all that mm-hmm. and then the other big project that I worked on that actually just should be finished finished um like with mixing and mastering yeah, yeah. by the end of this month mm-hmm. is from a really great, uh, incredible singer-songwriter um, who's also happens to be one of my really great friends, uh, Jordan Ziskin. That okay. album's going to be called Crazy Child. Awesome. And I not only worked on that as a drummer, but I also produced it. And okay. I did a lot of other work, uh, a lot of guitar stuff, a lot of keyboards.
0: Okay. Um, so like whatever space like a band needs for you to fill in you kind of just do it no
1: (laughs) (laughs) because you know I can do certain things on guitar and piano like I can write on those instruments yeah as far as actually playing them playing them that I can't quite do okay like the stuff that I was laying down for Jordan's record isn't like killer guitar shredding or anything but it doesn't have to be yeah for for records it doesn't yeah. have to be and um you know it's it's because uh i'm limited on those instruments mm-hmm. i you can actually get some pretty cool unique parts that no one else would think of right. like your yeah. limitations can can go a long way Yeah, yeah so i can do i can like lay down some tracks some like but nothing too crazy. Like I, I can't do a lot of melody stuff on either okay. one of those. So I can lay down like a, rep- uh, a repetitive figure mm-hmm. or I can lay down just some like keyboard dad yeah. stuff. but I can't I can't like solo. A lot of the melodic content that's in there is either done by Jordan. Or um, this guitar player that also is on Lennon Street's EP, Carl uh, Markgraf. Okay. Who's a, another yeah. guy that I know for a long time. Mm-hmm.
0: Do Do you think someone becomes more of an artist as soon as like they, they learn how to how to pick up you know more than one instrument versus just like focusing on one? Like where do you think like the line is? Like I've always been sort of curious about like what artists think about that.
1: Well, I don't think it it hinders you if you're just in one instrument. Okay. You know, there's. Like, it, it, it's less prevalent now, but it used to be that that was just the deal. Yeah. Like, a lot of drummers didn't know how to play piano. A lot of drummers didn't write. And it, Actually, a lot of drummers didn't lead bands. There's only two guys mm-hmm. before, like, 1980 that I can think of that led bands. That's, like, Art Blakey's the really famous one, and then this guy, Charlie Persepp. And now drummers lead bands everywhere. Like yeah. Like, there's tons of drummer-led bands and the other thing is you used to not have to write music to be a band leader Mm -hmm. and that's a really crazy thing to think of now because everybody needs like even the people who are doing pop music like the artists are probably way more involved than they used to be yeah in the writing process in the songwriting process so like Taylor Swift probably actually writes her songs Mm -hmm. like 15 years ago that didn't happen right right so Like, I don't think you need to learn a different instrument, Mm -hmm. but it can't hurt. Right. Like, I don't, like, my, the the way that I write on piano and guitar doesn't really affect my drumming Mm -hmm. and and vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all, that's all your ear and how much music you're listening to. Okay. And and the the type of music you're listening Mm -hmm. to. That's way more important than figuring out what kind of artist you're going to be than. Than just a volume of stuff.
0: Okay, because I'm I'm really ADHD with everything. I like to take on like like you know as many hats as I can. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, but that's just me. I just like constantly doing something. I don't yeah. know. I just like I hate having free time.
1: Yeah, I mean, free time is not great. Yeah. It's it's definitely. Like I started spinning my wheels pretty quickly. Yeah, 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 that's when that's usually when I try to find a piano and, and get something done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like it feels great for about a day. Yeah, and then after two days, it kind of feels alright, like, and then it just like goes what down. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah, exactly.
0: yeah, yeah. So what, what brought you to to New York? You came from Seattle. So what what, what gives? Yeah, Seattle I mean, sucks.
1: <laughs> I I took a, like a kind of roundabout path. Okay. I never officially lived in in Seattle. Like this, I grew up in Bellevue, Washington, which is just outside the city, mm-hmm. and I went to school in Northern Colorado at University of Northern Colorado, and then immediately after I graduated, like two months after I graduated, I started working for Carnival Cruise Lines as a drummer. Okay. So like, I never actually had to deal with. I'm gonna uproot my life. My life was just constantly uprooted, anyways. I don't mm. think I spent the longest I spent continuously in Seattle since I was 18 was five and a half months.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: So, you know, yeah, it wasn't like I was like doing all these gigs and like I had a little career in Seattle. and Yeah. That moved. So, uh, the reason why I came to New York is cause it's, it's New York. I mean, <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. the artist Mecca. Yeah. And I mean, it's a good thing that I came here too, because you know, every now and then I'll, I'll scroll through like my, my hard drive and mm-hmm. find some recording from like, Three four years ago before i moved yeah and it's just you know you just, i just can't stand it mm-hmm. it's full of so much crap new york just makes you economize so much of your life yeah. that it eventually just gets into your plane like <laughs> you know i can't practice two hours a day so i'm not going to try to play all this crazy shit right that i practiced all it's going to be that's is interesting like, yeah i'm yeah, just going to yeah. economize everything yeah.
0: so you do know? you feel that's the only way new york city has like affected your your artistry
1: Part of it, yeah, and, and okay. like the big thing as a writer is that there's so much inspiration in New York, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's also like because I can go out and see just about anybody anywhere, I can always see what people are trying to trying to do. Right. I mean, that's what it's how it's affected me artistically as a, as a drummer. Just like the e- economization, like most of my gigs now until until very recently. You know, I, I have this residency every second and fourth Thursdays at this place in the West Village called Cafe Vivaldi. Mm-hmm. And until about a week ago they didn't have a full kit. So I had this little like New York kit, like a converted piece of crap, floor tom. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you can only bring what you can carry. So I never had a full kit for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that makes you think about a drum set very differently Hmm. because all of a sudden like to get as many sounds out of one drum as possible is a really difficult task so if you do it on a regular basis then the freedom that you have on drum set is totally different just because now I have all these other things that I can that I can play Mm -hmm. um and that's probably how it's affected me but yeah just the inspiration of of new york you know yeah yeah i you know there's a tune i used to work you might be able to see it from here uh i used to work at the new york times building for oh for shit a of really and i was on the 50th floor. yeah and like yeah if you can't see that view and not be inspired to do something if you're mm-hmm. artistically um there you're eventually just going to be inspired by something right in the city
0: because there's just so much going around it's it's hard to not be
1: yeah and even when you start getting to the history of new york yeah um i live in bushwick and like just a couple it wasn't that long ago that bushwick was like a neighborhood you didn't want to go into (laughs) yeah i I have a a friend who's lived in new york for years and he says that's one of the neighborhoods that if you were going there in like 1998 if you're going to Bushwick you were probably getting drugs. Yeah. yeah. Like there was yeah. no other. I mean thing.
0: it's still the case now. You're probably still getting drugs if you're going oh, to Bushwick. I mean
1: yeah there's there's <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah I <laughs> mean know? different different kind of drugs. Yeah, 26 year old hipsters and just. It's, Crackheads. It's yeah, yeah. 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 Very different.
0: I always talk about this because like um, I'm usually mm-hmm. on, around like Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. So like the L like the last stop like the L train mm-hmm. on Bedford Ave people used to be like like really fucking scared to get off of it just yeah. because like Not it's now ago yeah like yeah. maybe 15
1: 16 yeah, years yeah
0: yeah yeah I was still I was still yeah
1: yeah I mean it's it's really crazy to to think about that cuz now all these neighborhoods are like hip and they're way safer and um you know like there's still some stuff going on in the corner that I I live on mm-hmm. um, and that like it, instead of like being scared by it I was actually like inspired I wanted to read about this whole neighborhood because yeah. you hear kind of things mm-hmm. and you hear about like New York in the 70s and what yeah. happened so but like just that history of that inspired writing something mm-hmm. like it's like New York is just a treasure trove of this stuff, mm-hmm. stuff like that
0: I was actually reading a, a Facebook ad I just clicked on a Facebook ad for you know like a streeties or something like mm-hmm. that and then uh, in the comments, I was curious what people were saying about you know, and then somebody said you know with these rising prices, is New York still like the the artist mecca that it used to be, you know, like because it's
1: a fair question, yeah. You
0: Know what I mean? Like, I mean, at what point, I guess, does does the art just leave?
1: I don't think that'll ever happen in New yeah. York. Yeah, I don't I mean, think so either. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, the admittedly, like all the artists places like have all been like terrible, awful neighborhoods. Yeah. Like, you know, before Williamsburg, the village was the place. Mm-hmm. The village was full of like heroin addicts oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah. also musicians and comedians. Yeah. So <laughs> you know I don't think I don't think it'll ever leave. It's the hope for me, honestly, because New York attracts so many people, I kind of want I kind of want those real estate prices and stuff like that to, to like thin out the hurdle a little bit. The there thing is, yeah, are people that have moved here that oh, have for sure. no reason of moving? Yeah, I, yeah. I really hope that yeah. I'm not one of them. I, but I mean, I know a lot of yeah. people who move here. They just have no, like, mm-hmm. they shouldn't have moved here in the first place,
0: right? Because they're just, you know, the yeah. thing is, though, uh, you know, because I work in real estate, so I I I know a lot about you know whatever the fuck's happening. But the reason why you know apartment prices are so high it's because the taxes are so fucking expensive yeah They're so there's and they're so they're so weird about you know mm-hmm. how how things get taxed and stuff so like it's 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 a burden to the landlords to charge less and then also they have to see it's like an investment property so like yeah. it's
1: i mean if that's yeah like that part of it i'm actually totally fine i mean i'm 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 married i'm not moving i'm not living here single thing God, like I don't yeah. know how single people. I don't get it. Do it. I, it's I, yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, it's still that that place. Like, I don't think any serious musician, or, uh, definitely musician, because mm-hmm. you know, there's other places to go. Like, if you're a filmmaker or yeah, a writer, yeah, you can yeah, always yeah. go to L.A. Yeah, 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 You know, that stuff's a little different. But for a musician, I don't think there's any. Like you have to come here for a while, yeah. Even if you don't end up liking it, you know my my private teacher in college came here and he was here for like maybe eight months, mm-hmm. but you still have to come here. Yeah. Like it's it's a really hard thing, and you can tell guys that have been here and who haven't. Mm-hmm. There's just there's something about their playing. There's something about their writing, mm-hmm. you know. And, and one of my favorite quotes about New York is from Lorne Michaels, and it applies to music. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, he was talking about how people in, in his hometown, Toronto, just think that Toronto is like the greatest. <laughs> and one of the things they say is like, this Italian place on the corner is just as good as they have in New York. And he says, the one, you know, the one place they don't say that is in New York.
0: Right. And it's the same thing. Like anytime yeah. I hear like,
1: oh man, this, this club, like, and the local talent in the city is, is just like New York. And like, well, like am no, in isn't. New York. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that's that's great about here is you have to find that a way to find a way to stick your own neck out mm-hmm. creatively. Like, oh yeah, you can't you can't make a living off of copying somebody. Mm-hmm. Like if like the the best example I can give is a guy like uh, Joe Farnsworth who has this certain sound, and a lot of people are starting to copy it because it's like it's like an old school sound, and he's got a bunch of new ideas.
0: Yeah,
1: so. If I go to back home to Seattle or I go to Denver yeah. or wherever and somebody sounds exactly like Joe Farnsworth, they're going to have a ton of gigs and shows. Right. They're just going to work like crazy. Right. But if you sound like that here, I mean, why can't I just go and watch Joe Farnsworth? Yeah, like exactly. He's right there and yeah, he plays yeah, yeah. in yeah. like six places every week. Yeah. So you have to find something. I think it makes you more more of an individual. I think that's why people keep coming to it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can't you can't fake it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely one thing to just, like, be somebody, and it's another thing to take bits and pieces from, like, everything around it. And I feel that that's what makes mm-hmm. an artist an artist. Because you're yeah. just, like, you know, you have your own perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the only person who can get you know, a little bit of, you know, whoever the fuck you're listening to or whatever, yeah. and apply that into your playing. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. 100%.
1: Yeah, and like, I mean, if you don't, I think there's so many, I think one of the things that that is kind of weird about New York is a lot of, a lot of the schools in New York have a lot of the clients, like if you think about clientele of clubs, a lot of them come from like New School and NYU, Mm -hmm. so, you know, maybe, maybe that kind of hurts the scene in the short term. Run, yeah. But once all those people leave, like it's still the same old rules. Like you, I've been telling uh, people that anytime you go on stage or um, go start playing somewhere, you you have to earn the audience's listen. Mm-hmm. You can't um, you can't just expect them to sit there and listen, even if they yeah. made a cover charge. Uh, the, there's so many people who just sound fine mm-hmm. but there's nothing interesting about their music or about their playing like right. they're just they're kind of hitting the same notes yeah. as other people and right when the when music starts to get homogenized but do you, do you, like do
0: that, you feel like people need to need to like look for that sort of like difference or is it just something that comes to you
1: i think if, and if
0: it doesn't come to you then you're just like you're not a good artist i
1: think it has to do with the perspective of how you work okay um i someone started telling me a while ago, um, this great piano player in Seattle named Ru Lou bag uh, sat down with me in my charts, and he started like fixing things here and there. And one of the things he said that stuck with me is that you have to think about the audience in your work right so I mean that doesn't mean you have to pander, mm-hmm. but you have to think like you know if I'm writing a chart. Is this going to be interesting to listen to? Right. That's that's where I started writing and kind of playing from. Like mm-hmm. I don't really care if I'm I'm the most burning guy in the world or if this chart is going to change change yeah, music. Yeah. I really just want to see if it's going to be an interesting listen. Like, am I putting enough twists on old mm-hmm. forms? Like a lot of the stuff on my uh, upcoming record, it's not standard song forms. Okay. A lot of it is like there's one tune that's like a twenty bar form, there's one that's like twenty eight, there's oh, wow. I mean it's it's kind of all over the place and harmonically it's I hope harmonically it's interesting enough. But like you have to you have to think from the audience yeah. perspective, a lot of people just yeah. don't do that. Yeah,
0: I mean it's sort of a balance though, like being interesting and then being like too complex for for somebody to even like care about, so yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And there are a lot of people who think that complex means it has to be like weird, mm-hmm. and even that's not really thinking about the audience because yeah. there's a lot of people who write charts as as like based off like some kind of theory or something, and they'll write a melody to that with that in mind. So like you won't get a melody, mm-hmm. you'll get mm-hmm. some sounds. Yeah, yeah. But no one's gonna walk away humming the tune. Like yeah. my, even today, my favorite guys, which is like uh, John Coward and Brian Blade of the Brian Blade Fellowship, they write these really harmonically dense, like rhythmically interesting, and have like different forms, and they take you in all different directions. Mm-hmm. But their melodies aren't. Like, that's what holds the tune together for a listener, I think, is if you have a strong, good melody that they can walk away singing, mm-hmm. they're going to be more interested in the song. And they just have such simple, good melodies that you can attach yourself to really easily. Even though they have all this other craziness going on, that melody is still so strong that anybody can always identify with mm-hmm. it. And yeah. pull them in. Yeah. How much do you think, like...
0: You know, everything, like, I, I feel like even, like, the title of the song, like, changes, like, the whole, like, you know, perspective of it. Do, do you think that deeply or no?
1: I mean, not, uh, not...
0: Like, with, a, like, a shitty title can, like,
1: kill a song. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. Okay. I think that, um, because mo- today, most guys don't announce tunes, like, before. They usually announce them yeah. after they start playing yeah. them. You know, they kind of do them in groups of tunes back to back. You know, pop tunes are different. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. songwriting a pop tune. One of the reasons why lyric writing and songwriting is so hard mm-hmm. is because everything has to have that meaning, and so you have to search and find the right title for a pop tune. For a jazz tune, it can really be anything. That's true. You know, and as long as the things that you write with specific meaning mm-hmm. have that type of title, yeah, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that titles affect okay. tunes that much.
0: I like, I like reading interesting titles. I, I saw one, uh, it's like Who I Want to Be. That Jpeg. I thought yeah. that was really interesting. I don't know. I just like. So I guess. sometimes it's yeah. Qu- yeah,
1: it can be like really quirky and stuff like that. Yeah. Other times it can just, as long as it describes something about the tune. Right.
0: So. Awesome. So, uh. Real quick before you go, uh, anything anything else you want to add?
1: No, I mean, if, uh, if anybody listening wants to go check me out, I'm yeah, at sure. uh, shecklermusic.com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I got a, a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, the Lindus Street Band starting to work a lot. Uh, we might actually have a gig pretty close to here on the 31st Street awesome. at uh, this place, Local Bar. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, just just look for us. We're we're around quite a bit. You know? Yeah, we'll, trios trio's in yeah. year two of the residency,
0: so be sure to be sure to send me all the links and I'll link it up on the video. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks yeah, so much. No problem. Start it's really a really fun here. job.